welcome back to the Plant Network podcast. This time we're going to be interviewing Emma Mulcahy who started with us as administrator in May this year. It seems like Emma's been with us for a much longer time. She fitted in perfectly on day one. So Em, tell us where are you and your very lovely accent from? Well, my accent and myself are from a beautiful place called Fountainstein Beach, which is in County Cork in Ireland. So I was very, very lucky. I literally grew up 30 seconds away from the sea, which is odd because you think I would be a natural in the water, but I actually have a massive fear of anything underneath the ocean. <laughs> so I like to look at it from a close distance of my, uh, and I will go for a paddle, but yeah, that's. That's as far as I'll go. But at the moment, I'm based in Manchester. But I think the Cork accent in itself is something that never leaves you, as proven by my auntie, who has been living in Australia now for over 30 years. And every time she comes home, it's a running joke that her Cork accent has actually gotten stronger. So <laughs> it's definitely something that stays with you. <laughs> it's a brilliant accent. It really is. So when you're not working for Plant Network, you're a VA. Tell us what that involves and how you got to be a VA. Yeah, so a VA is short for virtual assistant. And that essentially just means what it is, really. You just do remote administration work. I got into it because I've been in admin pretty much since I left school. I did a lot of traveling when I left school. And I found admin was kind of the easiest career path to fall into because it allowed me to travel and you you always pick up skills in admin that you can carry across to most businesses and industries, if not all, actually. And then when COVID hit, I decided to either do one of the most clever things I've ever done or the stupidest, and that was start my own business during COVID. And luckily it went really well. So I essentially became a freelance administrator working with small businesses to just help them with their back office support. And then I did that for two years. And then I just missed having someone close to work with, you know, on a regular basis, which is why I came back into the world of employment. But I am very lucky that I can still do a little bit of VA work on the side of my part-time role at Plant Network. So I have the best of both worlds now. I have a lovely colleague and manager, i.e. you, that I get to check in with every day and work alongside. And then it also allows me the flexibility to carry on with my freelance work as well. Brilliant. That sounds like a really good balance you've got there. So the question for me and for anybody listening who's got too much to do or a ton in their inbox, what is your favourite organising tool and why? I want to be really fancy and say, you know, list out all of these digital tools that you can use. But I think before you even get to that, the most important tool is kind of working with your brain, as cringy as that sounds. I never, ever, ever use a to-do list. So for me, a to-do list, you can't quantify anything on that list. You're just looking at a list of things and how are you meant to know what to do first? You can't really work your way through one list when everything on that list will take you such a different amount of time. So instead, the organisation tool I use is a to-do table. And I literally every morning draw a little table and I split it into three columns. And that's quick tasks, longer tasks and then project work. 
And the idea is that anything that's deemed a quick task will take you less than kind of 15, 20 minutes and you can just fly through them and tick them off your list. Your longer tasks are anything that will take you kind of over half an hour. And again, this is just my general approach. You don't have to stick to it. But anything that will kind of take you up to an hour or thereabouts. And then the project work is kind of longer term project work where if you're having a quieter day on the task front, you can then move on to the project work and make tasks from that. So you're constantly working towards something, but you're just doing it in a way that's quantifiable. So for me, it just makes sense to do the quick things first and then spend the rest of my time doing that. And then if I was to get into kind of the digital aspect, for me, you can't really be Google Calendar and a bit of time blocking and then Asana to manage our project work, especially. I'm going to be really boring and just say pen and paper because <laughs> I like physically ticking things off. Your table is a brilliant idea because so many times I've started at the top of a to-do list and the second thing on my to-do list is a three-month-long project and so you get distracted and go and do something else so it is a really clever idea I think it would work for most people in most jobs as well I think so I can't take credit for it it's an idea that I found in a book that I read the name of which has completely left my brain now I just thought it was such a good idea to quantify those tasks because Without that, like you said, you get it, you're getting to the second task of the day and it's like a massive project that you don't even know where to start from. It's all about breaking things down, really. Um, I'm not saying I do that every single day because, you know, I'm human and sometimes <laughs> my brain doesn't want to work as well as it does other days. But generally, that's the method I stick to. So you've been with us for a few months. Are you able to picture what you'd like to achieve at Plant Network? So first and foremost, my main kind of everyday goal is to just make sure that our members are happy, whether that's answering queries that they have coming through. I think I'm achieving that so far. I've built up some really good relationships with members and newer members as well. Obviously, supporting you every day is a big part of that as well. So making sure that I'm on hand to help you, especially with event planning and the bigger projects. Professional, like personal development wise, obviously, I would like to start my horticultural education as well, because that's one thing that I have no experience in. So although I'm coming with all of this organisational and admin experience, the horticulture side is where, I don't want to say lacking, but, you know, there's work to be done. So starting an education within that would be very good as well. And just getting the word out there about Plant Network a bit more, starting conversations with people, making people more aware of it and the good work that we do. As somebody who's at the complete beginning of my own journey with horticulture, it would be nice to welcome people in who are also the beginning of theirs and know which resources to direct them to and just be like a relatable contact of someone who started from scratch a bit later in life. Making sure that Plant Network is a very accessible membership for anyone of any stage of their horticultural career to be a part of. Yeah, there's a lot that I'd like to achieve. I know we're just scratching the surface here because we've had a lot of conversations about all the stuff that we're going to do. Exactly, exactly. I think first and foremost, you know, I feel settled in the role now, but I do think there is a lot more work that I want to do. I think the more work I do and the more involved within horticulture I I become, the more I'll be able to really get into the nooks and crannies of 
what I want to achieve. Absolutely. So I know in real life you're a keen walker. Where is your favourite place to walk or your best specific route and why? Again, I want to say this big adventurous route. (laughs) (laughs) And I do, I do love getting out for those bigger adventures as well, especially to the Peak District. But the reality is I work quite long hours and sometimes I don't have all of the energy in the world to do that. I also have a chronic illness, which I need to be mindful of. So for me, I'm actually trying to make my local area my favourite walk because I know that even if I'm having a really low energy day, I'll pretty much at the very least be able to step outside my front door and go for a quick route. And I'm so lucky that where I live, is a little bit outside of Manchester city centre, but we actually have a building in the middle of the woods almost. So there's a walkway right outside my front door. And even if I can get up and down that a couple of times a day, that that's enough for me. But on the days when I do get out and I go further afield, it's pretty much anywhere in the Peak District. I didn't think places in England like that existed growing up in Ireland. I had, you know, my green tinted glasses on in Ireland thinking that you couldn't beat the nature there. And it is stunning still, don't get me wrong, but I was very pleasantly surprised when I moved to the UK and I saw places like the Lake District and the Peak District and Wales. Yeah, there's there's so much to do here. So I don't want to say I have a favourite route as such because I'm still discovering and you're very well situated near Manchester, I think, to get to Laces quite easily. Exactly, yeah. Even if I don't have access to a car for whatever reason on a weekend, there's always a train to jump on that will at least get me to the Peak District. Now, do you have an unusual talent or is there something unexpected about you that would surprise people? Hmm, something unexpected. Uh, I can muster cattle. <laughs> Which is a very useless talent to have. (laughs) Tell us how you developed this skill of mustering cattle. Well, I (laughs) lived in the outback in Australia for six months as part of getting my second year visa. There was a time when you had to do three months of regional farming work. You hear horror stories of people who end up in awful situations just to get this visa But I was very lucky to end up on a cattle ranch and I basically just had to learn how to use a quad bike. And I think I had eight dogs that I was looking after. And part of their training, I suppose, was to to muster these cattle with me. So I just used to go around on my quad bike with dogs in the, you know, in the distance arranging cattle. I'm sure there are transferable aspects of that skill somewhere. Somewhere. And then I suppose, again, unfortunately and very sadly, not the most useful of skills, but I am fluent in Irish because I was educated fully in Irish growing up. I still have the capability to have a conversation, but as a whole, the Irish language has kind of disappeared over the years. So I don't use it as often now that I'm not in school, but there are friends where I have a WhatsApp group and we only speak Irish in that WhatsApp group just to try and keep the momentum of that going. It will be, I think, challenging for anybody to beat those. (laughs) So finding out more about you, what do you feel strongly about? I think for me, a massive passion that I have had especially when I went self-employed because I had the time to do it and based on lived experience that I have anything to do with well-being in the workplace long story short I have a chronic illness but for about 12 years that was undiagnosed 
but I was also working full time alongside this. There's been a few jobs where I had to explain symptoms of an illness that I didn't know what it was, really. And I thought that a lot of that could have been handled better in the workplaces that I was part of. A big part of work that I do now outside of Plant Network and being a VA is advocating for people who have different invisible illnesses and chronic illnesses in the workplace and giving them a voice to be heard. So I mentor a few people who are going through similar experiences to what I had. Not the same, because it never is the same, but similar enough that I can offer them advice. Whether that's having a conversation with their manager about reasonable adjustments or going through the process of explaining what they're going through without actually having a solid answer. And that's something I'm really passionate about because I think a lot needs to be done in the world of work to battle that. Absolutely. I think a lot of changes need to be made in the world of work. It's a very interesting topic and I think it's a topic that becomes more and more important every year. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've been speaking a lot about it, haven't we? So there's definitely things that we're going to look at at doing, at just researching at the very least. I think it's a very good opportunity to set things in process and change the way we look at things. It's easier for everybody in the future. An abrupt change. What is your favourite plant, garden or outdoor space? If I think of outdoor spaces back home, actually, no, because that's not the garden. I was going to say the beach back home, but in terms of being over here, there is a place that we go to called Dunham Massey. It's a National Trust site um, and I absolutely love Don and Massey. We take our dog Dylan there, he's an Irish red setter and he's got the most beautiful autumnal colour coating on him so we often take him there to just kind of wander through the leaves as they start to fall and change colour and I think yeah that's a really nice place to go. As you know I've, I'm now the proud parent of two houseplants which are thriving thanks to your advice. <laughs> so I have a bird of paradise which is probably my favourite plant at the moment because it's just a joy to see it grow and quite rapidly as well. So I must be doing something right because it's, yeah, it just looks really healthy and it's massive as well, which I love. It's a constant reward watching a plant grow in your home. It's hard to describe why it's so exciting, but it just is. Thank you to Em for being such a good subject for today's podcast. She will be taking over the reins for the next one, so I just need to say thank you for listening to the Plant Network podcast. Bye!